0: Hey, yo, what the fuck This a poly sh- right
1: here. The Late Night Flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, Okay. You would, too, if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nasur Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at one 800 Hell no, canvas. That's one eight hundred. Hell no, canvas. Give us a call now before you turn into T-bags. It's a bunch of us. I'm a end the
0: colony. Hold on. Everybody on they mountain. Everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it. I'ma win, baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash your burn. Forty on the Yeah, I'm the nerdy if it's at the appellation to the elevation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a blacker nation. Hold on. All
1: right, honey. Here goes your question, here goes your question. What stipulations would you include in the terms and conditions of your next relationship?
2: Is this a safe space for me to be vulnerable?
1: I mean, sure, you've been vulnerable on the last four podcasts and then look strong, and then, you know, look vulnerable again, then look strong, then look even more strong to try to clown me about not looking, not wanting to look vulnerable. And it's like, hold up, I'm not trying to look vulnerable. I'm just trying to look aware. No, you're not being vulnerable enough. Like, no, no, still be be more weak, more weak. Come on, the source. So, yeah, I mean, bro, whatever.
2: Now, I just want to clarify that vulnerable and weak are not synonymous.
1: No, 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 they're not. I'm being funny when I say
2: that. Um, but, you know, if I could take a moment to be vulnerable, and you know, it was funny, as I was rereading the question, and as you were reading the question, I thought to myself, what made me pose this question, right? Because what I think is happening with me, and why I'm asking these questions, or why i think in these terms, is that on some levels I'm fearful of a new relationship. And a part of that is me wanting to control the aspects of that new new relationship. So when I say terms and conditions, I'm, you know, making it out to be like some sort of contractual uh, formalized process where XYZ has to happen in order for me to be comfortable. And I think that's a byproduct of me being jaded due to me recently coming out of a long-term relationship and, you know, me trying to just control the outcomes. Uh, So with that being said, um, I don't think I would have any terms and conditions that would, um, that I would demand of anyone that I come into a partnership with. Um, I'll just be myself, my best version of myself, and I'll expect for them to be the best version of their self and we'll go from there.
1: Did you watch that narcissist video I gave you? (laughs) Did you watch it? What are you, good narcissist? Did you watch that narcissist video?
2: (laughs) What are you you talking about? about?
1: All right. So, it's well, I, I just segue into that because that same guy has these type of uh, statements that he says, if you say these statements and you, and you live out this statement to your partner or, or anyone in your relationships, whether it's friendships, you know, love relationships, he said you will feel so much better. And the one that, he, that stuck out with me, because it's very simple. And, and honestly, the, it, it's something that even I have to still grow and be mature with. But, but, but as I say that, again, hear what I'm about to tell you. So he says, love me, love my dog, which means, you know, hey, love me and all that comes with me. Now, understand, the reason why I said I was kind of like, uh-uh, about it for a second is because here's the thing. You don't have to love everything about that person. And when you realize that you do not, that's the day you need to say, I, can't, I shouldn't be with that person, not stay with that person. Now, I say that to say this, honey, I, I wouldn't sell yourself short and, and think that, you know, hey, because you were jaded at one point in time in your relationship, you shouldn't share that with with her not saying to make yourself feel vulnerable but hey this is what happened to me you know but i'm over that now but and you have to showcase that you're over that and allow her to basically you know get you out of that feeling right you know what i mean like so so you're not wrong for saying hey i need these things to happen like there's nothing wrong with saying that now you don't say that in the beginning you know what i mean you just let that you know you let that come Because you have to work on yourself first. Like, you can't just run around and have a moping face because, you know, every 15 minutes of each week is that 15 minutes where you want to mourn about your past. That new woman in your life don't want to see none of that. And she shouldn't. Right. Realistically, she shouldn't. That's unfair to her. Definitely. That's what my hope. Remember, we was talking to the ladies about, you know, the deceased person in their life and them mourning about it. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Of course you can have that time to mourn. And of course I'm going to respect the fact that you love someone else before me. However, if you're saying that we're in a relationship and we love each other and we're going to have, we're going to grow. How many times do I need to really show some type of disrespect when I say this term, lame duck support of someone that, has nothing to do with me. Now, maybe this is a father of your child, so it may, of course, that holds a certain level of gravitas, but that's where that man, the new man, has to make a decision. Is this something that they're willing to deal with? Because that may be not, you know, for me, that might be a deal breaker. That might be one hell of a deal breaker. I don't know if I want to deal with a woman that has a deceased husband or father of children that she's going to mourn every year, no matter what. I don't know if I want to be the person in her life to deal with that. The next, Cause if I have to deal with that, the next four to five years of my life, I don't yeah. know if I'm like, I don't know if I'm willing. It depends on the level of woman. I, I, I personally know that if eight, eight out of 10 women can come to me with that same situation, that same occur- occurrence. And I'm pretty sure eight out of 10 times I would say, Nah, I'm good. But I don't know about the other two times. It, depend on, it depends on the woman. Right. But I'm pretty sure eight out of 10 of those times, I'm saying, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, move forward in this relationship with her because of that. Like, that's too much for me. I'm, I'm honest about that. That's what my vulnerability is. Right. Hey,
0: yo, what the f-? this the palette sh- right
1: here.
2: And now we have Hanif Sowell, the senior correspondent of the Light Skin Delegation. Wait, what the f- is that? Light-skinned delegation. We, the light-skinned delegation slash coalition slash network, would like to ask all of our women members to use their WAP responsibly. We all know there's a stigma surrounding light-skinned women as being cold and heartless. Since the release of Cardi B and Make the Stallion's song WAP, we have had an increase of complaints from men and other delegations claiming to have lost contact with women that they loved after experiencing their WAP. We are in a very tumultuous time and would like to keep our defenses ready to stave off attacks by foreign invaders and white people. Although we have vowed to protect our women, we cannot stand another civil war because you snatched a man's soul and discarded it. Thank you. No further questions at this time. Pushes through. Proudly. Can rappers save us with their lyrics? So, uh, there's been like this uh, surge of violence in Philadelphia, where I'm at. Um, I feel like it's actually been in a lot of major cities, though, because I've seen Chicago and a few other places uh, report a surges in violence in Black communities. And I'm watching a news report where uh, the rapper Beanie Siegel is asking for young people to put the guns down and stop the violence. And you know I just wanted to ask in, in a sense because I, I've had this debate a bunch of times with people where they say that the lyrics in rap actually helps to perpetuate a lot of this violence that's happening. And you know I wanted to know if rappers can uh step in and reverse course and if it really makes a difference
1: or not. Remember when music was on cassette tapes and when rap music was on cassette tapes and CDs but that's just showing our age right now but they would have that parental advisory sticker. Right. And it was on there for a reason because rap artists wanted to express their their freedom of speech now, of course, the 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 trend about cursing is not the lack of intellect with with that person. No, it's in the mannerism of how they curse. So it's not. It's a, it's both ways. You know how they say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Well, sometimes it's the other way too. It's not how you say it; it's what you say. Mm-hmm. And that's the liberty of being a rap artist, or any artist, period, be honest with you. But rap, with rap artists, you know, you hear wordplay all day long for the most part. Whether it's good or bad, you hear words. So that's the thing about rap music. So I say all that to say this: you know, <clears throat> excuse me. If the world is upset and you don't want the world to act on it, a rap artist can step in and use their bars as a way to channel that anger. Now, here's the thing. People may wanna go out and be violent anyway. You can't use music as a tool to say, yeah, this is the reason why.
2: Right. This is-
1: because no one is not gonna say, well, you know, in 2017, in 2017, a bunch of Tiki Toys white dudes would." you know, galloped around Charlottesville and had a bonfire seance. Somebody had, somebody. Oh,
2: that's
1: that's heavy metal, that's heavy metal music. Oh, man, they still listening to Metallica out here. This is crazy. Like, no one says that. Right. You know, and I'm not blaming Metallica. I mean, by the way, your music is fine. I have a problem with it. I'm
2: just saying. You said something that, that, that. Makes the point where you was like, you know, if you're if you have a predisposition for violence and then the music, you know, you hear the music and it, you know, gets you in a mind state of being amped up and you want to act that violence out, it's not the music. It's still not the music yeah. because there's also other people who hear the same music that you hear and it doesn't trigger them to be violent or, you know, uh, to cause mayhem or, you know, hurt other people. So that's where the argument that I've always made to this is like, the the culture isn't influenced by the music, the music is influenced by the culture. So the gun violence, the drug use, the womanizing, all of the things that people say are wrong with hip hop is what's wrong with our community.
1: What are movies, honey, what are movies? Movies are movies. Movies are exaggerated stories of our real life. True. Okay. You know what I mean? So oh Ray, Ray showed this infidelity and drugs and blah blah blah. Oh, in the seventies they had movies about STDs and well, that's that's what was happening. Right. They're only talking about what was going on. Exactly. You know? I mean, where did they get it from? How did Birth of a Nation become Birth of a Nation? Because they had an idea and an agenda in real life they get to base this on. Right. This is what we want you to do for the next 50 years.
2: Do this. Yeah. So this is this is also speaking to our earlier talk about what liberties artists have in their music. So we know Beanie Siegel is definitely gonna rap about shooting up people and you know all sorts of violence and, and he associates that with his bravado and him being a man and being like one of the toughest people out there the hardest rapper to do it and all of that you know and again all i'm all i'm gonna say is that as an artist he has the liberty to say all of those things and he does not in my opinion have the responsibility in his raps, to say anything other than what he feels creatively.
1: Like, yeah, I don't even want you to say that to people. Don't, don't not even trying to be funny. Like, cause we, you know, hit me out on this. They're like restless to me. They're all the it's it's a storyline. You know the storyline of why he raps. You you know what if you listen to Beanie Siegel, you know the the storyline that he's giving you. So what that's not going to change. right? The only thing that's going to change is mannerisms and his maturity through the, his age. That's it. Right. It's not going to be anything else. So people don't, you don't Don't. I don't want you to say like, hey, look, yo, you know, he, he, he doesn't have to have the responsibility. No, it's, look, he, you don't even have to tell people that no more. They know politicians, local government, the society is our job
2: right.
1: to conduct what positive mannerism is or isn't.
2: Now, as a as, but as a black man in the community and as a leader, quote unquote, a leader in the community, he has a responsibility to do what he's doing, but not as a rapper.
1: But that's the thing, but see, that's where it's a double edged sword because is Beanie looked at as a black leader or is he looked at as a rap artist?
2: Um, I mean, it, I feel like they're interchangeable in, in
1: certain aspects because... No, in, right now, is Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, I mean, you know, because I, I don't know the news that's going on in Philadelphia. So right. what I'm saying to you, what I'm asking you is, is it is he a some type of leader slash activist or maybe just an activist in Philadelphia that I may not know about? Like, is he doing, oh. you know, Jay-Z level things... In Philadelphia, that I
2: don't know about. No, but he's he's influential. Um, I would say well, he's a okay. To, um, and then I would also say that, like I'm saying, as a member of the community, who people recognize, and you know, he's just doing it on the strength of like, yo, I grew up in this community. These are my people. I have some sort of influence. Let me speak out against it, but. That doesn't mean that if Beanie Siegel dropped an album tomorrow talking about how many how many texts he got, how many people he shot, that I'm not going to rap along to it.
1: I mean, you you shouldn't even be, you know, you shouldn't even excuse yourself not to.
2: Okay. You
1: know what I mean? Like, like that's, we know what rap music is. You know what I mean? Like, we know what it is. I mean, it, ha- it has many versions of it. I'm just saying we know the version that Beanie Siku tells. Right. It's like, yo, you know, not once again, not trying to compare them to wrestlers, but I just like to do that because it's funny to me. Where you have gangster rappers, you have trap artists, you have r and artists, you have hip hop artists where, you know, like, I guess, you know, like the KR, KRS-One type, you know? Right. You have different type of rap styles now. Same thing with wrestling when you have, you know, I guess you would call a you know like I guess like a big body type like a or one thing no no when you use characters you got a high flyer you have a veteran you have a tough guy, dominant female things like that. That's all it is. I mean, so he he's basically like you know tough guy, mid card tough guy, broad street bully. I believe that's what he calls himself, right? So I mean. That's the storyline, he gonna pitch all day, and you have every right to follow along. But at the same time, here's my thing, Beanie Siegel. If I'm gonna be that way, shut the f up.
2: Right. What you mean? You don't think he should be telling the community to not to be shooting each other?
1: No. Oh. I don't. Real shit, I don't. Because you know what? Here's the thing. Freedom of speech, am I right? That's what they say, right? Freedom of speech, am I right? Okay. He can change his music if he want to. You Beanie Seagull already. It don't really f- matter no more for you.
2: Yeah, but what, thats I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. What's change changing his music got to do with him not wanting people to be out there and be violent?
1: Because the thing is, you promote violence. But we know why you promote balance because it's the storyline. I'd rather you promote violence. But my thing is this, if you're going to promote violence at the same time in this climate, tell people to put the guns down. If you, okay, well, matter of fact, how about this? Because I know he didn't do this. Articulate it better. Yo, put the guns down, let me do it. People would be into that.
0: Oh, were you heard what
1: Beanie said? And then all of it is, it's just another album. But it's good enough though. Mm. Be smart about it. I know he ain't pitch it like that, because these motherfuckers will not be anywhere. But yeah, he ain't pitch it like that. He should have pitched it like that. That's what I would have did. Pitch it. He ain't pitch it. He just sat there, rap, and then tell people put the guns down. No, you just told people to pick the guns up. You're confusing people now. Right. Oh, okay. All How about, how about, you know, yo. I need all y'all put the guns down. Yo, me and my homies going to handle it. You already know, you know what I'm saying? Me, I done called PD. I done called Freeway. about to get this thing popping. Yo, oh, you about you know what's about to go down. State Prop 3 about to happen. Whatever. I don't know. State Prop 15. I don't know. But I'm just saying. That's what you want. That's what I would want to see out of Beanie Segu. But it's not presented that way. It's just like, oh, I'm hood famous. I'm the Broad Street bully. Listen to me. It's like, yo, half of them rather listen to Meek anyway right now, like, you know what I'm saying? And Meek is doing a good look. He with Robert Kraft and Jay-Z, trying to get, do prison reform so they can go vote. Right. Hey. Beanie, anyway, what you got?
0: Hey, yo, what the fuck? this The palette right here. Does having a type make you date the same person?
2: True or false, having a type is the main reason why you end up dating the same person and different people.
1: Hell yes. So, here's the thing about that. This is why you should not have a preference. Don't get me wrong. I like my women. I hope this is not a derogatory term, but chocolate. I Mm. like that shit. And if I can even put a little bit more (laughs) whipped cream on top of that chocolate, I wonder if she can be a fit chicky, chicken, a uh, like a real deal. Like like almost, she's one step away from going on YouTube and just saying, I can get 10,000 subscribers by next month. Like that type of fit chick. like I like that shit. Mm-hmm. Now, hear me out. Every woman that I meet is not going to be that. And on top of that, every woman that I meet is probably gonna be just as good as my physical desire. It may stimulate me mentally in a way that I haven't been stimulated, which makes me wanna be more aroused to her, makes me wanna be more attentive to her, makes me wanna spend time with her. So in life, i I'd rather really not have a preference. You know, I, I try my best, I, I give a, a very good effort to give the women who wants to spend time with me that time and, and real and see what it is that we can do, but you know, that's a, that's all I can really do about that. So that's that's all I really got to say about the purpose.
2: I mean, I I, I speak to a lot of people um, who I find are running into certain roadblocks when it comes to dating, and they they don't want to venture away from what they consider is commonly their type, whether it's a physical preference or a personality type, um, whatever it is that they're searching for in a partner, they seek it out. But they also continue to end up in the same sorts of situations with those people. So in my mind, that says to me that something needs to change. If you want different results, you can't continue to do the same things.
1: When you have a preference, it's, first of all, the preference is usually physical. Right. Is usually a physical type, because you can't find something mental without at least getting to know someone for at least 10 to 15 minutes, at least. Right. To figure out, okay, mentally, this is what I like. Unless you're just superficial and you just say, oh, this motherfucker got a Bentley, yeah. I'm going there. Which is fine as well.
2: That's a little different though, too, because we're now meeting each other on social media and dating sites. So we do get a view of the mental before we get the physical. Well, you
1: get you get an idea of a of a perception. You don't even get a mindset; you get a perception. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is that's where. You know, that's why I don't like online dating because it's smoke and mirrors still from there. Right. You know, it's just too many smoke and mirrors and people are, they rather be online to date anyway. And it messes up the value of communication because everybody is so, you know, I don't want to call them creepy, but everybody is, they have their guard up so much. So you make the wrong move or you say anything that sounds forward or aggressive is too much. It's, it's a bit, it's, it's wild. People can't really, you know. I wonder how people group up and still go out and have hookah together. What I realize is that they all met up on Instagram. That's what happened When you have that preference, you lose out because you keep focusing in on the preference. So when women, for instance, from what I see in my experiences, when women do it, Women get what they like. It's all about what they like. But now, after they get what they like, now they gotta figure out if this dude that they like, that they wanna put together, is the type of dude that they should be putting together. Mm -hmm. But you already knee deep in the D, knee deep in the the time spent. So the emotion is, is there because, hey, a woman can make the choice to just sleep with a guy and leave, but that's not what they wanted to do because of the preference. Right. This is exactly what I want my man to look like. Where's the justice for Cannon Hennett?
2: Um, so there's this story circulating out of North Carolina where the five-year-old kid Cannon Hennett was shot in the head by his next-door neighbor. Um, so the story's been making rounds where people were calling for justice for Cannon and they're comparing this story to uh, other stories where black people were killed by either police or, uh, you know, pedestrians. And our cry for justice. And they want to know where's our outrage for young Cannon. Um, first off, I want to start off by saying that, you know, this case. Um, a five-year-old being killed that should have never happened it's disgusting it's crazy and you know I want justice for Cannon. I want whoever did it I want the, the man who did it that they caught to be um, you know to be brought to justice but I'm also wary of looking at the case and making it an open and shut case where they've already charged someone with attempting. Um, with first-degree murder, and I understand that they say that witnesses have come forth saying that he deliberately shot the young boy in the head. I, from what I'm reading, I just, I don't feel that like that was accurate in my gut.
1: What, what, what do you think was accurate in your gut? I'm just saying, based on what you read, we want people to know.
2: So I feel like, I feel like the way that it sounds, because the, the, the their next-door next neighbors, uh, the father and the the suspect were friends. They had lunch together the night before, he was over their house like earlier that day and there was no signs of like animosity in between them based on what I'm reading. And, you know, when he heard the gunshot he came outside and he saw his neighbor with a gun in his hand frantically pacing back and forth on his porch and then he fled. So in my mind, what I would think would happen is if he shot the boy, I felt like it could have been by mistake. It wasn't intentional. And then he panicked. And because he's a black man in North Carolina, and he knows that if the police shows up, it's not going to be good. So his panic, he could have caused him to flee. The other thing is that I feel like even if he did deliberately do it, he might have some mental health issues that... Because I just can't see a person deliberately shooting a five-year-old in the head of his neighbor that he knows.
1: Now, if you see the picture in that article, he doesn't look all the way right, by the way.
2: But uh, that's, that's, I think that's a part of the spin, too. The media is going to show you the worst version of him so that they can already create the public opinion necessary to run with the story. And I'm saying even when, when tragic shit like this happens, all I'm saying is that we still need to be skeptical of a justice system that continuously railroads black men. And just because our we're emotionally charged by this incident, let's not, you know, let our guards down completely and allow for them to just run rampant and do whatever they want to do.
1: I mean, what do you want me to do? Right. How about let's start with the fact that the child won't see six right I mean, I don't know. I guess what's the guy's name again
2: who's this the the child or the the, the um the alleged murderer um, no the child is canon and the adult who's the adult?
1: What's his name? I want to know his name because basically the judge going to ask him whatever his name is. Hey, tell me how long you think you should be here in jail and why?
2: Darius Sessors. Darius.
1: Darius. Darius. Why don't you tell me how long is enough time? I'm just saying that, you know, yeah, I mean a five-year-old kid. What was you doing with a gun in your hand running around anywhere where a five-year-old kid was in the vicinity in the first place? They're going to ask so many questions. I mean, my thing is this. Even if they're friends, why do you think it's okay to have a gun in a vicinity where your friends' kids play around at?
2: Now... Criminal negligence, second-degree murder, manslaughter, where he, you know, he had negligence, there was no intent, he killed him by mistake, or he killed him in the act of doing something else illegal, it's something totally different.
1: Okay, so basically, we should root for him to get first-degree manslaughter, that's what you're basically saying.
2: Uh, probably probably second-degree murder, because there was no premeditation.
1: Have anyone have received life from second-degree r- murder? Oh. Because that's what I need to see. That's so, what I need to find out right now. Have anyone received life from second-degree murder? Followed by,
2: or the death penalty.
1: You can get fifteen years to life. Oh, so they don't necessarily. I mean, I guess it, you know. I guess it all depends on how the judge feels at that point.
2: So, and look, second yep. degree murder is any intentional murder with malice, at forethought, but not premeditated or planned in advance. So it couldn't be
1: second degree murder?
2: It couldn't be, what you mean? It could be second degree murder. If, if, and your first degree murder means that you, like you, you set and you drew out a plan. You said when Connor comes outside and he's riding his bike at six o'clock in the morning, or I mean, or six o'clock in the afternoon, I'm gonna be outside and I'm going to kill him. And you thought it through, you created a plan and you acted on that plan. Second degree murder is Connor's outside. You know, me and his dad had an argument. I got mad at his dad and I shot his son. So it has all of the malice, but it doesn't have the premeditation. So that's the, that's the thing that separates the two.
1: Hold on, hit me out. I'm on criminal.findlaw.com. So they got this scenario. This is a second degree murder. Adam didn't have any plan to kill Bill when he went to Bill's house that day so there was no premeditation. At right. the time he pulled the trigger, however, Adam fully intended to kill Bill. And in, right. in these circumstances, prosecutors will probably charge him with second degree murder. Right. If, on the other hand, Adam kills Bill during a sudden quarrel with provocation, the charge would likely be voluntar- voluntary manslaughter. The idea that if Adam is driven by the heat of passion, it lessens the moral blame.
2: Oh, so manslaughter.
1: That's why I said first degree manslaughter. Got you. Hmm. But see, that's where I'm like, okay, they can give him manslaughter. I mean, now... Now, you know, the, the highest sentence is like things like 10, 15. Well, I don't even know. Let me see. Let me, let me click on voluntary manslaughter, bro.
2: Uh, but see, another, if, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't a black man that was charged with this, then they would have followed the rule of law because then they know that it's a potential. If I charge this man with first-degree murder and I can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he premeditated and killed this young boy without, with malice, then he goes free. He gets acquitted and then, and then we're done. Being black in America. Okay, so I want to talk about the, what it means to be black in America. Um, I've been getting some kickback about Kamala Harris because of her makeup and whether she's black or not. Now, I automatically consider her black because her father's Jamaican. So that's that's an easy one for me. I feel like you can be black anywhere in the world as a friend of mine uh, said on Facebook. You can be black and be from anywhere in the world. The only thing that differentiates black Americans from other blacks in the world is our attachment to the transatlantic slave trade that brought us to the United States of America. So there's black Americans, uh, American descendants of slaves, and then you have black people and whatever their nationality might be. So we're all black, but then you have Americans, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Nigerians, Malians, you know what I mean? It breaks down into sex based on your nationality. So I just need people to understand that black is black and then you have a national identity that you decide that you want to go with. So
1: are there differences? Okay, no, no, matter of fact, I don't even have to ask that question about are there differences between black Americans that are are admitting to their ancestors being slaves and just black americans being born in detroit
2: hmm. i i think you have to i think you have to have a lineage to slavery to be considered a black american Otherwise, you are whatever your parents' nationality or your you know wherever your nationality happens, if you're first generation and you were born in America, technically speaking, you're a black American. however, if you're going to identify it in your life as to what your lineage is, you are a black Jamaican if your parents are their parents are from Jamaica. And, you know, so on and so forth, however that goes. But if you can trace your ancestry back to slavery um, in the United States, then that's where you should be able to don the moniker of Black American.
1: I know you're about to do an a dope, a dope article on, what's the name of that, that team? The, it's the Black version of Antifa? Oh, Ados? Okay, so, though, check me out, right? So let me ask you something about them. Now, what if, because I I remember last week we were talking about black supergroups, Haitians, Trinidadians, Jamaicans, you know, ones that are not necessarily of the black American lineage, but I wanted them to know that they're black as well. And I don't like, you know, the fact that some, 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 you know, nationalities that are like, you know, Jamaican or Haitian, don't want to consider themselves black because of the stigmatism. And that's fine, you know, I'm not here for that semantic, I'm just putting that out there. So, the point I'm making to, well, the question I wanted to know is, do you consider Adols a new super black group where they're basically saying like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is this is what this is. Right. This is the group of people that's, that if ever was a day, reparations come. Right, and we are looking to be the people because you know a lot of rhetoric about reparations too. By the way, I'm not gonna get into it, into it, into it. But a lot of people yeah. like to say, "Well, if you believe in reparations, then you believe to be a slave." And what I would say to that is, I'm like, "What do we? Why are we getting into that semantic?"
2: Right.
1: I'm not a slave today. I would never be. Yeah,
2: slavery happened, and and, and it happened. Ha- you so, so that's another, I don't know if that's another topic for another day. but That is. That is I think it is. I think it is. Eidos is largely responsible for uh, the reparations talk that we have in the mainstream today. So I give them credit for that. I do think that they are a little more cons- on the conservative side for my liking, but they are going hard for blackness.
0: Hey, yo, what the f-? This is some s- right here. Let's take a look at the Biden-Harris website.
2: Joe Biden just released his Lift Every Voice plan, uh, an economic plan for Black America. Um, so we want to go, go through a few of them just to see if we agree with uh, the, the direction that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is taking. Uh, mm-hmm. So first things first, as soon as you open up the article, they're asking you for a donation. And I don't like that because they should be talking about how they're going to give us money.
1: (laughs) They got to run a campaign,
2: Bobby.
1: (laughs) They got to run a campaign, Hanif. I'm just saying, man. They got to run a campaign, bro. (laughs) They got to run a campaign, man. Like, what do you want them to do? You know what I'm saying? Yo, look, man. We know what this is about. This is about campaign 101 right here. Matter of fact, this is campaigning 201. This is advanced campaign play. The man just doubled down on what he wanted to do. He told you on live viral internet, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. People were kind of mad. Then it was some black people that was on TV saying, nah, you know, don't, don't be that mad. And they were like, I don't know. We should be kind of mad. And then what he do. Okay. He get Kamala. I cool. Cool. He, all he did, even though I'm still going to vote for Biden. All he did was double down on what he said earlier. Right. You know what I mean? That's all he did. Like that was, he checkmated you. God. Dan he checkmated
2: this. I mean. He, he I, I don't think he checkmated. I think this I think his pick one, pick in comma uh, was a demand from prominent black folk mm. and then us those of us who follow to say that Joe Biden, you need to pick a black uh, vice president or else we're not we're not just going for the hook line and sinker again. And I think he, he heeded the call because I, I, for one, was one of those people that if he did not pick a black vice president, I wouldn't have voted for him.
1: So you would have voted for Trump or you wouldn't have voted for anyone?
2: Uh, I probably would have voted in Kanye or something.
1: Oh, okay, so you would have voted for no one. I'm just playing with you I'm just messing with you I'm just messing with you You know I like to mess around a little Sometimes I like to do that Yeah man But I
2: mean So let's let's take a look at You know just a few things that That he's talking about doing Okay So one of the first things is Advance the economic mobility Of African Americans And close the racial wealth gap And income gaps yeah. And, and, you know, he goes on to explain about uh, African-American small business ownership, which approximately uh, shows up at 4% and with 13% of the population. So that's, that's an acknowledgement that I, I can understand because I'm, I was reading a book uh, talking about reparations and to get Black people on an even playing field we need to at least control the, the GDP in the percentage of our population. So if we're 13% of the population, then we're owed 13% in GDP in reparations. And we need 13% of the, the, the country's revenue to come through our communities and we have control over it in order for us to be viable um, in, this, in this economic landscape.
1: So none of that is said here in this Biden-Harris website.
2: Well, I mean, he just made mention to the fact that approximately 4% of small businesses are African-American, even though African-Americans make up 13%. So to build wealth in America, communities we must invest in the success of African-American businesses and entrepreneurs. So I'm assuming that he's alluding to getting that 4% more closer to 13%.
1: Okay, that's fine, but again, now the question is, we just gotta get people to buy the new businesses that are gonna be developed, that's it. Businesses can be developed all the time. They have to thrive. Right. You know, I, I don't know if whether I don't know if four percent of the thirteen is of the thirteen percent of the population is good or bad. All you're doing is just basically putting a number. That sounds low. Oh man, you know we make up thirteen percent of the country, but you know something? Out of that thirteen percent, only four percent have businesses. And it's like, okay, what are you saying? I mean, are you going to, you know, are you going to give us land so we can create our own black version of Walmart? Mm. Are we doing that, so, or are you saying you just giving you know saying a black couple a new cupcake factory, which is nice, right? I'm just saying, are you doing something that's going to save lives, or just you know a, a couple?
2: Yeah, you're right. Because because a large part of the reason why we're only at four percent isn't because of lack of effort on our part; it's it's actual systemic. Uh, discrimination that doesn't give us access to capital, doesn't give us access to federal contracts, to, to the things we need to be viable in business. The point I'm trying to make, though, was that Joe Biden and the Democrats need to be coming to black people asking us what we want, as opposed to telling us what they're going to give us.
1: That's where... Sometimes I feel a little mad about a super group of black folks because they're giving their agenda. Right, exactly. It never sounds like an agenda that includes me. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. I would let you talk for me so as long as you already know what the fuck I want. I don't have to use no intelligent words for that. It's straight up optics. I see it. Damn, they really don't talk to me. Sometimes they do. I mean, but don't get me wrong. They represent me. Like, yo, you did the right thing by, you know, tapping the shoulder of Senator Kamala Harris. Let's just be real. You did the right thing. But the message isn't going to be any different. It's just the representation. This is campaigning. I'm putting the people in place that's going to get me the most votes to get me this seat because i need what uh <laughs> what my man fever kind like to call it
0: the bully pulpit <laughs> I won't stop till I get me a milli Get that down like a baller up in Philly Nigga never home till your door that I'm busy I'm out here pitching like holiday, feel me? Every holiday I got a new bitch with me Every hot day I got two bricks with me You need two bricks, I need 350 I know you get friendly, but I need a green billy You broke motherfuckers like baby boy Make themselves with my Haiti boys Make a Haiti noise Stop pot and get a bitch drunk off that mata. I got her on her knees like I'm lot, Then it's baba, nah, 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 nah Like a white boy when he's got dogs Then I reappear, voila Lost the job and got another one I made your mother come like the Dolce. Pay the bills, Beyonce, and put some steak on her entree, nigga. I'm about to switch the filling. All about M's, like Wayne on the million. When I get the million, I'ma aim for a billion. When you see me get an S, call me no Pole. When I chain no chili, let's work. Hey yo, what the f***? This is some s*** right here?